Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's newsflash time with your bestie gals, Madison and Abby. Well, hi, Madison. Hello, Ab. How's been, it going? <laughs> I fixed my technical difficulties. Uh, I don't even know. That's not technical. That was literally mechanical um, right me- there. Exactly. Mechanical issue. My microphone fell apart in my hands. Basically. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It didn't fall, did it? It didn't. It didn't. Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. What do you got for us today? Today, we have a few things that we oh, talk about. Good. Newer things, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We are gearing up for Shoes of Hope. Woo-hoo. Yes, ma'am. It's crazy that that's already here, that we're already really talking is. about it. But it's it's genuinely right around the corner. Mm-hmm. It's before Bridge Camp this year, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. Yeah. Um. But it's it's coming up, so you got to sign up. Yes. Um. V- fun fact: my volunteer signups went live today. Oh, period. Technically, end of day yesterday, but no one knew. Here, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. So today they know. Um. And so we need a lot of of volunteers for that. Mm-hmm. They are. It's mid afternoon to mid evening signups. Yeah. Um. And we are going to need a lot of hands on deck. So everyone sign up. And those are those are very fun events, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Now, this will be my first Shoes of Hope event. It'll be my first Shoes of Hope okay, event as well. Cool. So come and, come and experience that with us. Our, yeah. first, our first Shoes of Hope event, which I just heard is one of our ladies in the office favorite event. Yes. So that's it. I'm excited. I know. Yay. Me too. Um, next, we're going to talk about how uh, Mac Powell was on our podcast last week. Third day himself. What? Crazy. Um, what was Can't it? believe we did that. What was it called? His his first band name. Something alien. Oh, man. Was it, was it alien? Yes. I can't remember. I can't either. Y'all have oh, to go listen so to the funny. podcast. To I know. actually laughed out loud as soon as he, like when I heard him say it. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Maybe I'll I'll like listen back and figure it out. But I loved that. It was so mm-hmm. funny. He was the coolest. He was so cool. So, so nice. nice. So just very genuine. Very genuine. Mm-hmm. He was just a normal dude. And that's, yeah. cra- it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see him after you have heard him talk mm-hmm. and share a little bit of his heart, you're going to be able to see him in concert October 8th in Forest City at yes. Pops. Yes. And Buy fun fact, app, I don't know if you know this. Oh, okay. What? Premium seating. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means you get in early mm-hmm. and you, obviously, if you get in early, you're going to get seats closer oh, to the yes. stage uh-huh. right we're almost sold out of this we only have oh. like 25 left so our listeners need to run not walk they need to run sprint. not a light jog a full sprint okay, to the good. finish okay to get those tickets okay well i believe they do um didn't we give them a code is that still going on their discount code is what it? was it mac 10 it was mac 10 and i think it doesn't expire till july 4th well you better go right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. use that code mac yep. 10 get 10 percent off get your premium seating mm-hmm. before it's gone because that's only mm-hmm. offered to our listeners we don't advertise that no it's not advertised it's not advertised mm-hmm. so our listeners are very near and dear to our hearts mm-hmm. and we want to give you a gift so there it is mm-hmm. use that for your tickets to um be the difference concert yes october 8th at pops in four city mm-hmm. north carolina go to lot carolinas.com find your tickets yeah um 
And then last, this past Friday, we did foster parent appreciation and I had a blast. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I don't, like, I went in with, like, not really expecting much. Because, you I mean, you know, not expecting much is what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you just, you work until mm-hmm. it. Like, you, you're you making sure that everybody's lined up. People are right. going to be there. You're, you're mm-hmm. not expecting, like, what it's actually going to be when you yeah. get there. It was so fun. It was so, so much fun. So uh, many kiddos in foster care were mm-hmm. there, which we don't always get to see mm-hmm. all the time. So it was so special. Yeah. Getting to just love on them. Uh-huh. Dance. Hang out with their foster parents, yes. caregivers. They mm-hmm. were they were great. They were so friendly. Mm-hmm. The food was good. Maybury Q, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Twisted sugar, tear it up. <laughs> love. Live, laugh, loving. I can't. It was, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate if any of our volunteers that came and helped with that event are listening. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all were the best, and I truly do appreciate it. I know those families appreciated it because oh, yeah. y'all made that night run so smoothly. It was incredible. That was an that was the group of volunteers. It was it was yeah, fantastic. So smooth. It was yeah. great. All right. Well, I think that's what we have today. Let's introduce Morgan. I love her. She, new BFF, um, she is sharing her story today. So if you have listened for a while, if you remember back when Michaela was telling her story, mm-hmm. Morgan is now telling her story. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan is fantastic. She is a gifted poet. So talented. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, crazy. So by the end of this series, so it's going to be another series like Michaela. So her installments of her story will come out each week for four weeks. Um, you're going to be able to listen to the poem at the very last episode. And it is incredible. It's mm-hmm. gut-wrenching mm-hmm. and raw and real. And it, it you can't miss it. It's worth the wait. You cannot miss, it sure. is worth the wait. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. So listening to Morgan, she has a lot to say. She's introducing herself. Well, Susanna will introduce her today and get the first little bit of her story. Thank you for listening. I am so excited today. We have Morgan here. How are you doing, Morgan? I'm doing really well. (laughs) Good. Is this your first time on a podcast? It is. Very first time. Okay. Well, don't be nervous. It's just a conversation. And we're just going to try and tell your story. And the reason we are telling your story is because we want to raise more awareness around foster care. And I feel like you're all for that. Um, and so um, I think we know how painful this can be, um, but we are all in it together. And um, the folks out there in podcast land, there's probably only five of them. Just kidding. There's more than that that listen. But just know that your story um, brings healing to others too and also raises awareness. So we are just going to dive right in there. So um, how old are you now, Morgan? I'm 18. You're 18. Um and Morgan, it looks like you came into care the first time when you were three years old. Yes, that is correct. And you remember nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know from looking back at your case files why you were brought into care? Um. Well, at that particular time, it was because of neglect from my biological mom and my biological dad. My biological mom was like heavy on drugs and alcohol and my biological dad just wasn't there. So, so just not necessarily abuse, but just neglect, not taking care of you then. Yeah. Okay. So, and then at some point you didn't stay in foster care. Do you know what age you came Um, back? I'm pretty sure it was at the start of kindergarten because I remember 
my biological dad taking me to the first day of um, kindergarten. Oh, wow. That's so cool how you remember that. And then, um, so you think in kindergarten you came, so three years old you were taken and your mom, your dad did whatever they needed to do, worked their case plan and got you back. Well, it, so my dad and my biological mom divorced. Okay. And then that is when he remarried and got with my stepmom. And so maybe stepmom had something to do with that, helping get y'all, get you back. Yes, I think that was the the main reason because they thought that it would be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, were you by yourself or did you have siblings? No, I had two other siblings at the time. Well, <laughs> not at the time, but. Right. Were they younger or older? I am the youngest of my biological sisters. I have two other ones, Madison and then my eldest sister, Shelby. Oh, okay. So y'all were a package deal because yep. we know in foster care they try and keep siblings together. So do you remember when you were three where y'all all kept together in the same home? Um, I really do not remember. I know me and my um, sister Madison were kept together, and I'm not sure if it was during this placement, but Shelby was put in a different one because they couldn't take three. But since me and my sister were so close, me and my sister Madison were so close in age, they kept us together for the most part. That's good. Um, so you're in kindergarten and you come back into care. Do you know why you came back into care? Yes. Um, it was physical abuse and neglect again. <clears throat> and I had like severe lice and scabies and just stuff like that. And so they found in there, it was in my best interest to go back into foster care. Oh, man. So did they take your sister? They took all of you? Yes. They took all of you. Did they put you in the same home or? Um, I know me and my sister Madison were in the same home, but I think for a while my sister Shelby was in a different home because they couldn't have us all three together because that's just a lot mm -hmm. to take in three new kids of different age varieties. Mm hmm and then you're in school. How, how do you even, like, I know you're just in kindergarten, but did did you make good grades in kindergarten? Do you even make grades in um, kindergarten? I can't remember. Honestly, I don't really remember that much about kindergarten, but I do know, like, since I was, like, being held from, like, food and stuff at my biological home, it made me still in school. Like I stole any food that I could get. So I was always in trouble uh, with like the counselors and everything else. For so, stealing food. Yeah. But in my mind, it wasn't about making good grades or paying attention. It was just more of like survival. How, how was I going to get my next meal? Where was it going to come from? How was I going to hide that from my parents type of thing? You're just trying to survive. So you come into care at five. Do you, did you go back home after that or? Um, Yes, it was like I would be in care for a certain amount of time. They would do the classes. We would get back with them. Things would get, okay, so it, like when we first got put back with them, things would get like really good for like the first month. And then after that, it was like a downhill and like each time it would get worse. Mm. So like it would just progressively be like we get put in foster care they do the classes, we come back, and then for the first month, it's, like, really good, very hopeful, and then each time, it's just worse and worse and worse. Why do you think that is? Um, I know it was a front 
because the um the social workers would still peep in their heads every once in a while so they had to put on an act to make it look like we were being taken care of but then after that it was like we were getting punished for being in foster care oh man so for, um after that it really discouraged me and my sisters to tell anyone what was going on and honestly when i was like first like the first few years i was like getting abused and everything I didn't know that it wasn't normal because that was all I ever knew. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was having a conversation with one of my school friends and she was talking about how her mom had packed her lunch and just made sure like she was fed really well. I was like, your mom feeds you. <laughs> and I was, I was just shocked. Like I was like, I thought that was like the school's responsibility or something like that. Like I didn't didn't know anything other than the abuse situation that I was in. Mm. Were you ever, I'm just, this is totally not really off subject, but I'm just curious. Was there like a backpack program that you would get lunch on the weekends or anything like that? Yes. And it was, yeah, I think it was called the backpack program, but I, we would get food bags to bring home for the um, weekend. And we would bring them home, but we would take anything that we could that was like, granola bars or anything that we could like hide with us or around the house that we could find later because the problem wasn't that we didn't have any food at the house it was withheld from us so you weren't allowed to eat it yes so when the when the food bags came it would sit in the pantries and we had cameras like all over the house so they would watch us 24 7 to make sure that we didn't get up and get food so we would have to improvise Oh my gosh. Was there a reason for withholding food? <laughs> I can't think of, I mean, yeah. I understand limiting snacks. Like I would do that sometimes, but not like, and have cameras up. I mean, cameras are expensive. I'm just thinking that's a uh, great length to go to keep your kids from eating. Yeah. And it wasn't even just like, just to keep from eating. Like we were withheld from going to the restroom, oh my taking showers. I like, I wasn't even allowed to read a book mm. or watch TV. And I was made to sit on my bed for hours and hours and hours. And we had a camera in the room pointed at me. So if I even like moved a little bit, she would cuss me out, come in there and whip me really hard. And then she would just continue to like, I guess that was like her fun and games was to watch us like all day, just to make sure we didn't make any peep or anything. Like I wasn't even allowed to talk to my sister, which was on the bed next to me. Oh my gosh. So where is your mom? Like, is she just, that's so weird. Like, what is she doing during all of this? Well, my just watching the cameras, <laughs> <laughs> my biological mom, she's, she's completely out of the picture. She's doing drugs, alcohol, whatever. And then my stepmom, which is the one that's watching us. on. So the that's your stepmom yes. watching you. Yes. Oh my God. So I, and she has a lot of like mental illnesses and stuff like that. So that definitely didn't help the case here. Oh, wow. So did your dad know that was going on? Yes, he did. And for a while, I like, I, I always made excuses for him. Like, well, it's mainly just my stepmom doing this and not him. But then I realized that he's part of the problem if he isn't helping prevent it. Yes. And he'd partake in it to make her happy. So oh my gosh. it's something I had to learn that it wasn't just her. It was just as much his fault, if more. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's talk about the foster homes you were in. Um, 
do you feel like they were good places? Were you placed in loving homes? Um, did you have any further abuse? I mean, you know, we've talked to Michaela and her stories and she had some really great foster homes and she had some not so great foster homes. What was your experience that you can remember? From what I remember, most of mine were pretty good. I mean, there's kinks, but there's kinks in every family. But there's two offhand that I can remember that were not good at all. Um, I think I was about like maybe six or seven and I got put in this place. And at first it was all right. Um, But then they started treating their biological kids a lot better than us and they would withhold our toys and everything. And then they would actually lock us in our room and we'd have to hold our bodily functions and everything like that. And then um, uh, they'd let their kids come in and like play with our toys in front of us, but we weren't allowed to. And then um, there was a lot of like withholding food. Like if you, I don't even know, like if you weren't being good, I put parentheses over the word good because I don't know their version of good. (laughs) But um, I do remember one thing and it's kind of graphic, but um, so it was either you didn't get food or you got food, but you were force fed. And I remember a time where I didn't like what was being served and they force fed it to me but I regurgitated it and they made me eat that. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how old, I mean, you're six or seven, your sister's about the same age. Like how do y'all, you don't, how do you voice what's going on in that home? You don't like at that time, I didn't, I didn't know what my voice was and I didn't know how to express my voice. So I kind of just went with, uh, with the flow and just let whatever happened happen. Like I didn't know I could have a voice or how it, what it would look like to have a voice or who I would voice that to. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Anybody that's listening, um, if you would not force feed regurgitated food to children, <laughs> um, no, seriously, if you could provide a loving home for children in foster care, I think right now is the time to do it. Much when better. you understand that, yeah, there are just like in everything there, there's some foster homes out there that are not so great. And so we want good foster homes. We want foster homes where you're treated as good, if not, well, not better, but as good as the biological children because I've talked to a lot of youth and it seems like the story is the same. Anybody I talk to is we want to be treated the same. We don't want to be treated better, but we want to be treated the same. When we're out in public, we want you to talk about this. I'm your daughter. I'm your son and not, you know, draw attention to the fact that you're in foster care or whatever. So um, it sounds like that home did not last very long. Um, Hopefully it did not. I really couldn't tell you how long it lasted because I've blocked out multiple things from my past. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember that we like from that placement, we went to another placement and like they were all like family of each other. So it was, it was a bad situation too. And it was a situation where they were being foster parents for the money of it. Mm-hmm. And like anything, like all the money that they'd get, they'd go towards themselves and then they'd buy us like the bare minimum type of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a house with a sexual abuser, like a registered sexual abuser. What? And In a foster home? <laughs> yes. Or was and it kinship? It was in foster care, but it was like oh my 
the ones that um, force fed me were, were related to these people as well. Oh my gosh. So it was like we went from there to there. And then anytime that we would um, be bad or anything, we were made to be in a room alone with this dude, registered sex offender type thing. And um, I blocked out a lot of things, but I don't think anything happened with me. But I know with my stepsister, things happened that shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And we all got pulled from that home. And there was like, we were all like, we all slept on the floor because there wasn't enough room. And it was multiple foster children along with their. their, Because you're supposed to have a bed for every child. That's interesting how they got around that. But okay. So you moved out of that home. Please tell me, did did you ever go back home after you were taken out that second time? Did you ever go back to the stepmom and dad? Okay. <laughs> I feel like this is not going to be good. No. Um, I'm trying to think about how old I would have been. Probably eight, nine years old. I got put back with my biological family and my stepmom. And they came up with punishments, like military punishments. And it wasn't like I was a bad kid. Like I tried my hardest to be good. And so what they would consider bad would be moving on the bed too much or going to the bathroom too many times or going to the bathroom without being asked or talking to my sister in the bed next to me. So so are the cameras still out? Yes. yes. So, oh gosh. And you see, anytime the social workers would come to our house, they would make sure that my stepmom was in a different room, but the cameras were still up. So she could see, and I don't know if she could hear it, but nine-year-old me didn't know she could or not. So I wasn't going to risk that. So I was just like, yep, everything's mighty fine here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you otherwise, because when they left, you knew that you would have to pay for whatever mm-hmm. you said. And it was it was a little odd because each time before they would come, like the social workers would come, um, my stepmom would take us out into the living room and let us watch TV. And even though she would let us watch TV, we were still made to sit on a blanket because we weren't worthy enough to be on her actual floor. Like not even the couch, but we were just too dirty and we weren't worthy enough in her eyes to be on her bare floor without a blanket. But that that was honestly one of the best times was when social workers were about to come because I feel like somehow she knew or something because she had always set us out uh, in the living room and she'd uh, have a remote in her hand and she'd be like, hey, this is a reset button. We're going to reset anything that has ever happened and we're going to be a good family together. And then like we were really excited for that. We were like, "Okay, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Like we're just excited. So we're and she was just like, just forget everything in the past and we can live this life. And like by live this life, I mean, like have good food and be in front of the TV. And that was like my dream. <laughs> Until the social worker left. Yeah. And then the social worker came. I would I would deny anything that was happening because she said, this is a new start. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's a new start. What What's to lose? And then as soon as the social worker would leave, we'd have to put our blankets back, go sit on our bed and not move or talk to each other. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to stop right there and um, 
end episode one of your story, Morgan, and we will pick back up. Um, this is, I've never heard your story just so for our listeners know, like this is my first time. So I'm, I'm struggling a bit because I, I really, I'm having a little righteous anger right now, but um, we will continue your story and see what happens next. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do. (laughs) 